And I'm back from Chicago. I'm back in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Although I've been here, I've been back for a while. Uh, we were in Chicago from March 11th to the 14th. And then I was just home for a little bit. And then I was on call on Friday. So I came back to campus. But then I ended up switching my on call, or like somebody took my on call. So then I was just back early for no reason. But yeah, I've been in Columbus for the last three days. It's been really cold and horrible. Not as cold as it was in Chicago. Oh my god. When we were there, it made me like regret going there and not going to like Florida or somewhere warmer. Like that's how cold it was. And for some reason, so our our, our Airbnb was a studio and I don't I guess I didn't know that a studio means that like the bedroom and like the kitchen and everything is like all together like it's just one space and it's very small um so I mean it was fine because it was just me and my sister like we fit and we weren't really in the room that much to begin with so it wasn't that big of a deal but every time the cleaner came in they left the window open so every time we'd come back like the room would be frigid cold and then we'd have to set the heating to like 79 degrees and then I would wake up in the middle of the night like covered in sweat and would have to turn it back down so you know that was something we had to deal with however um, it was a good trip in general. It was just snowing, I think, basically every day that we were there. And on the last day, the sun finally came out. Uh, we left Tuesday morning, so we were like, oh my god, if only it could have been like this for the whole trip. But it was fine. We went to go see um, the Nessa Barrett concert. And yes, I listened to Nessa Barrett. I'm not embarrassed about it, like how I am when I admit that I listen to like the BFFs podcast or like put a sock in it because Nessa Barrett's music is actually good to me. Um, and so she released an album last November or something like that, or October. It was like the end of last year, but I liked that album so much and I listened to it so much that she was actually like one of my top Spotify artists for 2022. Um, so I was pretty excited to see that she was going on tour and the closest one to Ohio was Chicago. Um, and yeah, it was a good time. They had to move the location of it from like a different, like to a different venue, but still in Chicago because of how many tickets they sold. And oh my God, it was so crowded. My sister wasn't, well, I was supposed to go with Shiva, who we all know, but she wasn't able to come. So I dragged my sister along with me and my sister was kind of like, oh, like, why are we going to see a Nessa Barrett concert? Like she's a TikToker, blah, blah, blah. But I think she turned around when she went to the concert. She really liked it. It was really good. And we decided that we didn't want to wait in line because it was like 20 degrees outside that night. So we decided to go, I would say, maybe a little bit before an hour after doors opened. So I figured we wouldn't have to wait in line. We'd just go get our tickets at Will Call and be done with that. But we got there, I think doors opened at like 6.30 and we got there at like 7.15. And there was still a line that wrapped all the way around the building. Like the line was still going through even though the doors had opened like an hour ago which is crazy so we had to we still have to wait in line for a little bit which is kind of annoying but it could have been way worse if we actually like originally I was planning to I so I'm really short right and it doesn't make sense for me to be in a in the pit area unless I'm like front row or a little bit behind otherwise I just can't see anything 
um, and I have to be all the way in the back. So it was like, you know, if we get in line at like 4.30 or something, maybe we'll be close to the front, and it's like a couple hours before doors open. But honestly, looking back at it, I don't think that would have been early enough to be front row. I think people probably were waiting there all day with the amount of crowd that was there. It was crazy. Um, so we went the other route, decided to just go at the end and be in the back. So we were with like the parents and like the significant others and people who had been kind of dragged into it. But honestly, it was pretty good in the back. We had a pretty good view. The people in the back were great. So it was a good time. I thought that it would just be like all little like 12 year old girls and crop tops, but there was a pretty wide range of like ages and types of people and so, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously there were like little like 11 year old girls who would come and hug the parents that we were standing next to and then like run back to the front. Um, but there was a lot of older people there too, like my age or Reba's age, my sister. So yeah, that was a good surprise as well, but really good concert. I would definitely recommend going to listen to her live. I think a big thing with her is like, she's very open about her personal mental health struggles and her music I think helps a lot of people deal with mental their own mental health issues so I don't know I don't see anything cringy about that or just the fact that she kind of became popular from TikTok doesn't necessarily mean that like she can't pursue other things so anyways it was a really good concert and I had a good time um if I could go back though I would have rather gone somewhere warmer I will say for next year if I have a spring break I don't really know how it works for medical school but if I do have some break of some sort, I will be going to Florida. <laughs> Probably not Florida, I don't know. Wherever there's cheap flights, I'll go there. Um, but when we were on the trip, because it was so cold, we couldn't really do too much outdoorsy things. We kind of planned our trip around all the different like vegan restaurants and vegetarian, vegan-friendly places that I wanted to try. And so that got me thinking about how I've been vegan for almost four years now. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I've, like I said, I've been vegan for four, basically four years. I, I became like full vegan when college started. So yeah, I guess like August of 2019. So almost, uh, so I guess four years would be August of 2023. Okay. So like I've been vegan for like three and a half years. Um, so it's been a while. And every time people find this out about me, it's always like, oh my god, like, why are you vegan? Or like, what do you eat? And like, all this stuff. And sometimes it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Why are we talking about this? It always just makes me feel awkward, like being the center of attention in those kinds of conversations. And I feel like a lot of people, when they hear vegan, they think about like, I don't know if this is just me, but on my For You page, like, when I first got TikTok, it was, it wasn't necessarily like peak pandemic times, but we were still in pandemic times, like everybody was still using TikTok, and there's this like old white lady who would like sing weird songs about being vegan, and how everybody should be vegan, and if you're not vegan, like you're the worst person ever, and all these things, so I always feel like people think that that's how all vegans are, and I'm here to tell you that that is not the case, don't let this lady ruin your perceptions of the vegan community. Um, so first off, why did I become vegan? So picture this, I am in 11th grade, so I guess I was, uh, like 16, and I was sitting in the back of my AP environmental science class as Mrs. Effler, and we were watching a documentary called Food Incorporated, or Food Inc., something like that, 
I'm pretty sure you can just, I think it's on Netflix, or you could just Google it, it's probably on YouTube and stuff too, but this documentary kind of went into the inner workings of the American food industry and how fucked up it is, and I was like, just sitting there like absolutely like floored and shocked, because they showed how like a lot of chicken coops or houses or, you know, however they farm chickens in the United States, because it's on such a large scale, it's industrial, all these chickens are just crammed into these little houses, they're dark, they don't have any room to move, um, and then they're just kind of killed, they're just like fattened up and then killed, so it's like a really sad existence, and also the people working there, like they work insane hours for very low pay, they're typically like immigrant workers, so they are fearful to, you know, ask for better wages or better working conditions, and obviously like killing animals for 16 hours a day like every day has a toll on your mental health as well and so yeah just seeing things like that and then also a lot about how cattle farming has increased um like amazonian forest clearings and just like land clearing in general so cutting down trees and all these things and then cows like burp and fart methane which is a super powerful greenhouse gas like it's way more powerful than carbon dioxide so agriculture leads to a decent amount of the greenhouse gas emissions in the United States um, I don't remember all the specific statistics and numbers but I'm an environmental public health major and so we I've been taking like climate change classes for the last couple years they're always so dis depressing and disappointing because of all these different statistics and the lack of action and people aren't doing anything and um, all the politics behind it, but essentially there are a few major companies, food companies, that own all the little companies. So all the power for the food industry is kind of in the elite few versus um, like everybody else. And so they have a lot of power when they lobby politicians to either vote or vote against certain bills or actions that politicians are trying to take to kind of reduce the negative impacts of the food industry. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't think everybody who's listening to this for the most part is from the U.S. And even if you're not, you probably have some idea of how kind of messed up the food is in the United States and how whenever, like even me personally, like when I... I went to Greece like four years ago. So when I went to Greece, just being there for a week, like the food was so different. The air was so different, like everything. I just felt like a better version of myself just by existing there versus being in the United States. Um, so I think it's pretty obvious, like the negative impacts that the, specifically that like the animal agriculture industry has on the United States um, and kind of the world in general. So that is kind of why I became vegan and I would say that there's kind of three different categories for why people become vegan and I'm going to touch on those. So I would say the first reason is like for environmental stuff like I just talked about. The second one is like human health reasons and then the third one is like for the animals basically. And kind of the reason, the way I listed those reasons is my priorities for why I became vegan and I think that differs from person to person so some people might be more concerned about the well-being and the safety of the animals versus like the environmental impacts and so that would be like their number one reason for why they became vegan 
Um, but for me, I think just because of how much I've kind of been continuously exposed to all the um, large-scale impacts of agriculture and like the industrialization of it and how that's quickly worsening climate change um that is like the number one reason for me why i don't eat like meat or animal-based products anymore um but human health reasons i think is also a big one there is plenty of studies out there that support um the idea that eating processed meats is a carcinogen there's also evidence against it so you know take that with a grain of salt i think that the science isn't super clear on these things just yet so also i'm 21 years old and i don't really know what i'm talking about i'm not like a food scientist but you can you know google and do that stuff and find that information for yourself but there are things like that and obviously like eating more fruits and vegetables and like having a more diverse range of foods that you eat that are like plant-based whole foods that's always a good thing regardless of um, whether you eat meat in general too as well or not um, and then for the animals obviously like you're not killing animals you're not cramming them into these small spaces and um, in a sense kind of disrespecting them and like the people who work in these places as well I think it's also something that kind of gets overshadowed or overlooked is the horrible impacts that this industry has on the immigrant workers and just people in general who get kind of caught in this um, industry. So I think nowadays there's like a huge disconnect between people and the food we eat. Like we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know the processes that have gone into making those food products. And this documentary kind of really just like bridged that gap for me personally. Um, and so yeah okay so that, those are kind of the reasons why I became vegan why some other people might become vegan too and I'm sure that there's plenty other reasons out there as well um so if you are vegan or you're interested in it and you've heard of other reasons let me know I ended up interning at Caring Veg Community which is it used to be called Columbus Veg Community it's basically like a local nonprofit here in Columbus that works to make veganism more accessible to people just more approachable and I randomly got connected with them after they came to one of my club meetings. I'm not even a part of that club anymore, but they came to a meeting and they were talking about like, oh, you know, we're looking for interns. And so I talked to them after the meeting and got connected. And I ended up um, being an intern for almost like a year through the pandemic. So I started in January of 2020. And then the pandemic happened, and I ended my internship in, like, January of 2021. So basically, I did it for a year. There was a little break there just because of the pandemic, and nobody knew what was going on. And so, yeah. But basically, I helped with a lot of different projects, and this internship kind of really opened my eyes to the intersection of veganism with a lot of different identities. Um and its importance kind of in like the social justice space. It also kind of helped me better define veganism and think about it more broadly rather than just thinking about like, oh, it's just cutting out like animal meat and like animal-based products. It's a lot more than, it can be a lot more than that for a lot of people. Um, so one of the first things that I helped out with was creating a PowerPoint slides show deck for a fat activist named Regan Chastin. Chastin? Sorry, I don't know how to say your last name. But she did like a virtual talk on Zoom because again, this was still during the pandemic times. And she talked about weight discrimination in the healthcare field 
and all of her personal experiences that have kind of deterred her from accessing preventative health care. Just because she's fat, her doctors and nurses just assume that, like, oh, just, you know, you just need to lose weight and then you'll be fine, even though she had, like, a genuine health concern and she ended up having, like, some certain disease. They didn't diagnose that because they were just like, oh, like, you're just overweight, you just need to lose weight and then you'll be healthy and you'll be fine. And it was kind of sad to hear a lot of the people on the call as well really resonated with what she was saying and had very similar experiences. And as somebody who wants to go into the healthcare field too, like that was just very eye-opening for me because it's not something that I personally experienced. So that was one of the ways that I understood how weight discrimination and how the identity of like being fat can impact your experiences in life. Um, I think another big thing that I helped out with was social media. This is really where I started learning how to use Canva. I made a lot of different infographics about like how to make spaces more accessible for people with disabilities. And um, I did a lot about like health at every size, which is a kind of like a paradigm in which to understand that healthy looks different for everybody. Like not every body is going to be healthy when it's like thin and skinny and like you've got like six pack abs like healthy looks different for everyone and I think that's intuitive when I say it out loud but it's not something that I'd kind of come to the realization on on my own until I learned more about this paradigm and how it can be how it can be applied not only in the healthcare field but like in other sp spaces and settings as well um, and so, yeah, it's just interesting to see how being vegan and, you know, obviously the specific experience of interning kind of allowed me to further develop my understanding of different social justice issues and kind of the importance of drawing those connections between having access to vegan-friendly foods and um, that relation between that and like the different identities that a person has such as being disabled or being black or being a woman so all these different things impact our food access in ways that we might not be you know consciously aware of um, so as I mentioned veganism isn't just about eating animal-based products so I wanted to go into that a little bit more so basically when I entered this internship, I was kind of under that assumption of like, oh, you know, like I'm vegan, I don't eat meat, and I don't eat animal-based products, and that's kind of the end of the story there. Um, but veganism is a lot more than that. So a lot of people describe it as a lifestyle. Um, you know, some people might truly subscribe to the values behind veganism, and that is not just treating animals with respect, it's also treating people with respect. So when I talked about earlier, the immigrant workers and people in general who work in these settings might not necessarily um, want to be there or be getting access to the resources that they need to escape these places um, or leave these situations just in general. And so it's important to also take their experiences into account when thinking about the negative impacts of um, the industrialization of the animal agriculture industry. So it is, um, I don't know, it's just very depressing to think about, but it's something to think about. And a lot of people subscribe to those values of veganism, but it's not 
possible for them to be vegan in terms of like avoiding meat and avoiding animal-based products or like using cruelty-free products maybe they're unhoused maybe they're unemployed they don't have like that's not their top priority at the moment their top priority is where am I going to be sleeping tonight how am I going to feed my family how am I going to feed myself how am I going to get a job how am I going to survive just basic things like that and so obviously like I take that into account and I would never ever ever judge somebody for like eating meat or eating animal-based products because people are at such different points in their life everybody has different backgrounds different you know upbringings and things like that and different identities like I said so all of those different things kind of impact how a person is able to prioritize the food that they're eating and subscribe to veganism in that way I think a lot of people too like even if they can access like I don't know vegan friendly foods and things like that it might not necessarily be healthy for them to do that maybe they're body um, is deficient in certain nutrients and things like that and it's easier to get those from meat versus buying supplements that can be expensive like I know for me I recently got my blood work done why did I say like that blood blood work done um oh my god when did I get it done it was sometime last year like last October or something like that and I had really low vitamin d and vitamin b12 because those are two vitamins that are just easier to get in plant-based product or no, oh my god animal-based products although like I said generally everybody's kind of chronically low in vitamin d so that played a part as well like living in Ohio and not being in the sun but it is easier to get that from like animal-based products like meat and cheese and dairy and all these things or like milks that are fortified with vitamin d um and so you know i'm blessed i'm privileged i have the monetary resources to just be able to buy the supplements so i can just take the supplements and i don't need to get these nutrients from other sources that may might not be vegan but you know not everybody is and so i think we need to take that into account when we think about veganism it's not necessarily like an extreme some people think like oh I can't be vegan because I can't never eat meat again like I have to eat meat and that's okay I mean you can start slow by just maybe eliminating meat from one meal once a week once a month um once every couple months like starting slow is definitely something that I would recommend for people who are interested in plant-based diets and want to kind of explore that more I would definitely say that it's not something that you should kind of stress yourself over. You know, sometimes if you want to have some cheese or if you want to have some milk, you want to have something like chocolate that isn't vegan. Like, that's okay. You can eat that. And that doesn't mean that, oh, my God, all of a sudden, like, you're not vegan because you just consumed something that has egg in it or something like that. Um, and I think that kind of living by these extremes isn't necessarily good for people. And kind of speaking from personal experience, like, for me now, I haven't had uh, like dairy products in a really long time, so whenever I do kind of give myself some grace and leeway and have something, it's kind of 50-50. Sometimes I'm fine. Sometimes I'm like on the toilet for a couple hours after because my body just can't digest lactose as well as it used to. And so, I mean, take that as you will. I kind of see that as a sign that like my body wasn't necessarily made to digest lactose to begin with. So... And I'm not low in, like, calcium or anything like that, so I'm not hurting my body by not drinking cow's milk. Um, but, yeah, I would just say that you can just pick a meal a week or you can do, like, meatless Mondays or something like that. 
versus just like cold turkey cutting out meat which is kind of what I did I didn't I didn't fully go into that but like after I watched that documentary the next day it was just like I'm done I'm not eating any more meat I can't do this anymore um, but I still lived at home at the time obviously and I didn't want to make my mom have to go through the whole struggle of like cooking like a whole separate vegan meal for me and she hated people being in the kitchen like she's very much a clean freak so anytime somebody got in the kitchen she would get super stressed out about like the mess and stuff so it wasn't really an option for me to make food for myself um so I still ate whatever she made I just didn't eat meat so like I'd have egg I'd have cheese and all those things um but whenever I could I would try my best to avoid those things and once I got into college and then I didn't have to rely on her to make my food, I pretty much just kind of went cold turkey vegan. I stopped eating eggs and dairy products and all that stuff. And I'm not as good about using like cruelty-free products, things that aren't like meant for consumption. Sometimes it kind of just slips my mind to check these things. Um, but, and also sometimes, I mean, to be completely honest and transparent, like the cruelty-free options are like sustainable, organic, and they're just so much more expensive than like the generic um, thing or, you know, the generic alternative to those products. So sometimes I just, ha I go for the generic alternatives because they're so cheap. Um, so, but I know that there are a lot of cruelty-free products out there that are affordable as well, like in terms of makeup and stuff like that, so. But yeah, I think it's just important to understand that, I don't know why, but like veganism gets politicized a lot because like Democrats are more likely to support climate change science and all these things. And like one of the reasons why people become vegan is for reducing that impact on climate change. Although like, you know, as an individual, I don't really have as big of an impact on that as like a company would, you know what I mean? So sometimes it feels like I'm doing all of this for nothing, but that's okay. That's okay. Anywho, so let's avoid that negative thought process. Um, I think being vegan is not a political thing, right? It's just like getting an abortion is not a political thing. It's just up to the individual what they want to do. And if they see that, oh yeah, me having, me changing my consumption patterns will eventually lead to the company understanding that the clientele um, needs and demands are changing. And so they change the products that they provide to kind of meet those meets, needs and demands. Otherwise they go out of business, right? I'm not, I'm not a business girl. I don't really know, but that's like the general gist, I think of like the whole idea of like, if, you know, a bunch of individual people become vegan, then eventually that's going to be a lot of people that are being vegan, or at least being more interested in plant-based options, um, that will kind of be assigned to these companies that they should be shifting away from this like traditional well, I guess it's not even traditional it's very modern the industrialized um, animal agriculture kind of system to move into maybe more plant-based options and things like that so yeah that is what I had to say about veganism I hope that made sense um, I can talk about this forever just because it is it has been such a big part of my life for the last three and a half years now and I had a whole, a whole internship around it but I wanted to end with talking about some vegan food recommendations so I will be putting a YouTube video out that will like kind of feature all the vegan restaurants we went to in Chicago 
Oh my god, the food was so good. Definitely made it worth it to like be freezing our asses off, like 20 degrees outside. I think the warmest it was was like 30 <laughs> degrees during the whole trip. Um, and we took the train everywhere, This the Chicago Transit Authority. I kept calling it the Metro, and that's just not what it's called. It's called the CTA. Um, but it was pretty convenient to use, so if you're going to Chicago, I'd recommend taking the CTA. A uh, day pass was just $5, and you have unlimited fare. Student, There's a student discount as well if you just want, like, one ride. It's, like, 75 cents or something, so it's, like, super cheap. Um, but anywho, so I'm specifically going to talk about, like, stuff in Columbus just because... Um, all the Chicago stuff is in that video, so if you want to watch that, my YouTube channel is Krethika Chetty. I'm pretty sure it's just my name, so I don't know when that's going to come out. I was planning to edit that video a little bit today after I record this. It's currently 6.24 p.m. on March 19th, so I don't know how much, how motivated I will be to edit um, because, like, it's really fun to do, and obviously, like, all of this is just extracurricular and hobby and whatever for me, and I don't really, I try not to take it too seriously and, like, let my perfectionist tendencies go so that I don't get stressed out, um, about these things because that's not what I'm doing them for, um, but sometimes I feel like, oh, like, I could be editing in different ways or so much better and, like, all these things, and so then I just overwhelm myself and don't feel like editing. Um, but I've been trying to kind of break it up into little pieces and so then I feel like I accomplished something and I didn't overwhelm myself by trying to get the entire thing done in, in one sitting. I think that is not something that's possible, at least for me personally. So I digress, let's get back to the topic here. So I've been a vegan, I said for the last three and a half years, specifically in Columbus. So obviously I have a whole list of my favorite vegan places in Columbus. I think that there's plenty of places that have really good like vegan vegetarian options as well that I probably don't know as much about. So again, if you want to let me know what these food wrecks are, hit me up. Um, you can send a DM to the Instagram or Twitter. Or Twitter? Oh my god, we do not have a Twitter. I've been listening to, to too much Anything Goes and every time she's like, oh, like the Instagram, Twitter, blah. Um, but Twitter is not something I have ever used and it's not something that I will ever use. Um, it's just not for me. Um, anyways, what I meant to say was TikTok. Okay, so the first place is called Happy Little Treats. It's a all-vegan bakery in the short north. It's super cute inside. They don't really have, like, tables or anything like that. There is some limited seating, um, like benches and things. So you can't really go there to, like, work on stuff, unfortunately. But it is a cute little place. It's very conveniently located to the Ohio State campus. Um, I think it's literally like a three-minute drive from where I am. So it's really close. And everything there is really good. Everything I've had I've really liked. If you like like sweet things, they also do have savory as well. But if you like sweet stuff, they have a lot of different things. Like I talked about the Pop-Tarts before. They have like Brookies, cookies. They even have drinks too. Their matcha latte is very, very good. Um, I've heard good things about their coffee, drinks as well, so yeah, that's definitely a place I would recommend. And in that similar line, Patty Cake Bakery is in Clintonville. I think that's also on High Street, um, but I haven't been in a while. It's not as close to campus as Happy Little Treats is, so I haven't been there in a while, but their stuff is really good too. They have like cookies, cakes, I don't know, I don't think they do 
drinks, but I'm not sure. So, but also another good place I'd recommend. And a lot of coffee shops around the area, Central Ohio, carry um, products from these two bakeries. So I know that like Sweetwater in Dublin and Polaris has um, like cookies and muffins and stuff from Happy Little Treats. And like Java Central in Westerville has stuff from Patty Cake Bakery. So you can find that stuff everywhere. Another good recommendation I have is Polly G's. It's this vegan, uh, well, okay, it's not fully vegan, but they have like a whole vegan menu for pizza. So this is a really, 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 really good pizza place in Columbus. Um, so the original kind of storefront is from New York, and then they franchised a location here in Columbus, which is actually a really random story. Um, I think I talked about this in the, the last time I mentioned Polly G's, but basically my first tattoo I ever got, that tattoo artist told me the story of how he was friends of the owner of Polly G's in New York. And then he moved to Columbus, and he told him, like, you need to open a Polly G's in Columbus, and then he did. So that's how Polly G's came to be in Columbus, and I'm not um, mad about it. Very good vegan pizza. And everybody that I've gone with, like my friends who aren't vegan, who have gone with to Polly G's, prefer the vegan pizza over like the regular pizzas. So something to keep in mind. Town Hall is another really good one. I recently went there with my friends, I guess yesterday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, and like I know that the ownership has made like racist comments and like homophobic comments and things like that um but the food is really good there so I don't know I don't know I I feel bad about it like kind of conflicted every time I go but like sometimes that is the best option just because it has a lot of vegan friendly things but also has like non-vegan friendly stuff too it's a very um I don't know how to put it. it. It caters to a lot of different types of diets and a lot of different kind of palates. So it's easy to go there with a group of people. Um, so yeah, take that as you will. My next recommendation is Brassica. Brassica is, oh my God, so good. Um, again, another one that I mentioned in my previous episode, but I really, really like their falafel and their hummus, their baba ganoush. Um, even their drinks are really good too. Uh, so yeah, would recommend. Um, another one is Condado's. This is a pretty, I feel like for Columbus, like Ohio area in general, a pretty basic one. Most people know Condado's. It's like a build your own taco kind of place. Um, it's kind of like Barrio and I don't know, I'm trying to think of other restaurants, but I'm sure that there's a version of Condado's like in every state. And I know that they have locations in other states other than Ohio. I don't know where, but probably like nearby states like Indiana or something. Um, but really good. I would recommend their barbecue um, pulled jackfruit is really good. It's just kind of messy. I'm personally not a fan of the Thai chili tofu, but I know some of my vegetarian friends really like it. Um, what else? What do I usually get? I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, so I usually get the jackfruit or like they also have like mushrooms. Why do I feel like I'm making that up? I don't know if they do mushrooms. Oh, oh no. It's been a while since I've been there. But recently they added soy chorizo. Pretty good. I would recommend that. I, you know, I don't know about the mushrooms. I don't know where that came from, but maybe they have mushrooms and I'm sure they'd be great as well. Um, and then last but not least, Satan's Realm. I went there recently with my friends and it was very, very good. Again, it's another place that's like all vegan. Um, it's this cute little storefront on High Street. I think it's also in Clintonville, technically, but it's not too far from campus. It's like a 10 minute drive. 
Um, so, I mean, not as close as Happy Little Treats, but still pretty conveniently located. I got the Euro the last time I went. It was really good, and I don't like, like, I'm not a fan of ranch, um, but, oh my god, this was really good. <laughs> it was very refreshing, so it wasn't really, I don't know, I feel like traditional ranch is very, like, um, heavy and very creamy, and it's just, like, a lot, and I don't like it, but this was really good. Um, and what my friends got, too, they really liked, so... I would recommend Satan's Realm. Um, it has very, like, traditional American food, like burgers, fries, those kinds of things. So if you like that kind of stuff, um, or if you want to just try plant-based versions of those things, I would definitely recommend. Um, okay, I think that's all I have for today. I hope that you got something out of this, whether you're vegan or you have no interest in plant-based diets, you just learned a little bit about it and maybe gained a different perspective into at least why I am vegan, and like I said, again, you know, this is just my personal experience with veganism, and I understand that everybody has different kind of, like, situations of where they are at, and everybody's going to have different perspectives on veganism, just because of the political climate that we live in, and its associations with that, and just how intersected it is with a lot of different things in society, um, so, yeah, okay, so, as I said, I will be posting a YouTube video about my Chicago trip very soon, so make sure to watch that. Um, if you don't mind, make sure to leave this podcast a five-star review if you want to, and make sure to turn on post notifications, new episode every Monday. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, a great rest of your month and life spring is around the corner people i still can't believe that um daylight savings is like passed and like it already happened it happened on sunday so when we were in chicago and didn't even realize it um but yeah so i'm really hoping that the weather becomes warmer now because i'm done with the snow and past me thought that we were done with snow after like December, January because of climate change. Clearly not the case. Not saying that climate change isn't happening because it still is, but um, I just needed to be warmer. I'm done. I'm done with the snow. I'm done with the cold. I needed to be like 70, 70 degrees and sunny. All right. Well, that's it. As I think I've said like three times now. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you made it all the way to this point of the episode, I appreciate you and your time. And I'll see you next week. Bye.